0: This is Might Sound Wild, a podcast for photographers who want to do what they love for a living. Hosted by April Creighton and Ron Wainscott, owners of Shore Shooters Beach Photography and Mountain Escape Photography. April and Ron have been in the photography business for more than 20 years, and now they wanna share their knowledge to help you become successful. If you think it might sound wild to quit your day job and become a full-time photographer, you're in the right place.
1: Well, we've been doing this podcast since 2021, so we're entering into our, uh, I guess that would be fourth year now of doing this podcast. (laughs) So we figured uh, since we're going into a new year, this would be a great opportunity for us to introduce ourselves, tell you about our experience in the photography world, and what we do with our businesses so we'll get into that coming up
0: follow us on instagram that might sound wild
1: building and marketing your own photography brand can be tough but we have an easier way partner with us and own a location of one of our proven successful and well-known brands Shoreshooter's shooters beach photography or mountain escape photography We've spent over a decade perfecting a workflow, marketing plan, and photography style that is loved by clients in some of the most popular vacation destinations in America. And our clients love vacationing in new locations, so you'll have potential clients right off the bat. Our marketing and administrative team is always here to answer any questions and help you become successful. Because when you win, we all win. We'll even set up all the scheduling, payment, and proofing software for you. So if you're interested in owning your own business while being part of a successful brand, go to Mightsoundwild.co and click on Partners. Just answer a few questions, and someone from our team will get back in touch with you to determine if you're a good candidate for a Shore Shooters or Mountain Escape location owner again go to mitesoundwild.co and click on partners
0: this is the might sound wild podcast hosted by april creighton and ron Wayne Scott.
2: so here we are reintroducing ourselves i think we have quite a few episodes where we kind of tell our personal stories but when you said four years i'm like we probably don't have enough uh, episodes like that to i don't think anybody like wants to go
1: back through all <laughs> of those episodes because you're going to have to scroll and scroll and scroll to find the first episode where we actually did introduce ourselves so that's kind of why we figured it'd be a good idea to just go ahead and do it all over again for those of you who may be wondering who the heck are these two people talking about photography
2: and also before we get into our stories we really want to hear from you for the Might Sound Wild podcast for this year because this thing kind of started out a little and differently than it has ended up, which is everything. Right? That's how everything is. You st- you set out with a goal or with a thought in mind, and it kind of takes some turns. And originally, Ron and I really wanted to just help entrepreneurs in general have the courage to take the next step. And between um, You know, the two of us with our experience that we're about to tell you about, we um, felt like we had some advice to give, some do's and don'ts and, you know, some hard lessons we'd learned. And we even interviewed other entrepreneurs that first year quite a bit. And um, it didn't matter what industry anyone was in. We just wanted to really, I think the idea was just to really encourage people to take a leap. Um, Hence the title, Might Sound Wild. But I think we really do appreciate focusing on the photography industry and community. And it has changed so much just even in the last four years. Sometimes Ron and I even will be honest and transparent with when we feel a little out of our league, even though we both have all of this experience and knowledge to share. So we, we want to keep the podcast open that way. And we want to hear from you. I think the best way to do that, unless you'd like to shoot an email to Ron, you can always do that. But I think the best way to do that is to please keep up with us on social media. We're not super active on the Might Sound Wild Instagram, but we always will respond if you shoot us a DM.
1: Yes, please do that.
2: Make us a, a suggestion. That really helps us Number one, not waste our time. Number two, give you the listener, something to listen to that you want to listen to. So we want to hear. We want to hear yeah, from yeah. you. Yeah, both of us
1: are an open book. We don't keep secrets. We're open to all of the things that we have learned over the twenty years that we've both been doing this, and we're willing to share our knowledge with anybody. So if that's there's anything thing.
2: that's a rare it is. thing in this industry, so take advantage of it, guys.
1: Yeah. So if there's any part of your photography business that you're struggling with anything that you uh can't figure out uh by all means just shoot us a message on the might sound wild instagram and we will uh definitely make that happen for uh, a, a future episode yes so so all right so are we ready to start talking about ourselves here
2: sure my favorite thing
1: (laughs) you're not much on talking about yourself I'm not either (laughs) but uh that's what we're going to do today so I guess let's start off uh you talk about how you got started in photography
2: okay well that was a long time ago so you guys got a picture that's
1: that's the thing we gotta we we have to do a lot of thinking to remember all the details of this because it's been a long time ago
2: yeah and I think a lot of it uh, might not be relatable these days um two photographers. So this is before Instagram. Yeah. (laughs) So I think that's yeah. we didn't
1: have Instagram back when we started.
2: (laughs) Like we're going to be like back in my day. Yeah. Um, I was in college, um, a small program that I was attending in the medical field at 19, almost 20 years old, I believe bringing in, um, photos of my kid over the week. Yeah. You know, just, you know how you are with your, your, I had a kid already. Yeah. That might also sound, let me back up. I also did have a daughter. Yes. You've
1: been, (laughs) you've been doing photography for 20 years and you have a 20 year old daughter. Exactly. I I guess, was it, was it maybe the fact of having a little one that kind of helped to get you into photography? Do you think that played a role in it?
2: I kind of don't think so because my my story growing up, I think, you know, I feel like I've told it a million times, but I've always been drawn to photography, but not because I thought I wanted to be a photographer.
1: Right. Yeah. So and what, I remember, I remember you telling stories about uh, taking pictures for the yearbook when you were in high school too, didn't Oh, you? And
2: before that, even at when it was uh, just me and my mom and I was in elementary school, I remember asking for a camera for Christmas, which looking back at now was probably like really big thing to ask for, you know, a single mom. But she somehow got me a little 110 uh, film camera. A lot of people, those aren't popular again in film. So people might not know what they are. They're kind of like an oblong shape camera. Um, They shoot 110 film. They're really strange, actually. It was a short lived um, time period for film. And um, that is the time period that I started taking pictures like crazy. So my mom somehow was able to pull it off and make that work. Got me that for Christmas. And um, I still have the film that I shot of every single rose in my mom's garden, my mom and the dog. Like, But wow. I never thought of it as anything but just that. When my friends yeah. would come over, I would make them get dressed up and I would take pictures of them. Um, there's a bunch of funny ones of them, like pretending to talk on a phone and just the dumbest, the most (laughs) nineties stuff you'll ever see. Um, we were trying to be like 90210, I think like the girls on there, but anyway, so fast forward, um, high school, there wasn't a lot for, um, people who were in any kind of like arts outside of, I guess, like painting and drawing and things like that. I never would have went down that road anyway. All of my, my whole high school, and middle school was all about sports, playing sports, that kind of thing. I did get on the yearbook staff, what you're talking about, Ron, but they quickly fired me from camera. Like they were like, <laughs> this girl doesn't know what she's doing. She can't touch the camera. Um, I was like taking pictures of people's feet at the game and all this stuff. But I have always had that like kind of uh, corny, but like scrapbook mentality, like always about moments, always about yeah. um, things that I saw. I never was trying to take like the perfect photo. Um but there were people around me, not people. So you were was,
1: so you were doing what's cool now before it was cool.
2: I guess you could call it cool.
1: Um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody else loved that. Um, my best friend's dad was also our neighbor growing up. He was he's an artist, um, amazing at drawing, painting, and he would photograph his subjects before he would take on a project. Yeah. So whatever, so whatever he needed, however he needed to expose an image for lighting to transfer into a drawing say like a woman's back or something like that needed to be lit on one side, shadowed on the other. I would watch him expose that image. And that's when I started to, my wheels started turning. Not even that I wanted to try it so much. I was intrigued by the light and by what he was doing. And he was shooting like black and white film on a Minolta. It was beautiful, beautiful. So I would collect this stuff, stuff that he shot. Uh, Surf Magazine was like everything to me back then. My entire bedroom wall was like covered between Surf Magazine. Kelly Slater was really big back then. All the girls had a crush on him. And, you know, we had we had I had waves all over the, the wall and then pictures from like my softball girls and friends just covering like you couldn't see my walls. So it shouldn't have been a shocker. That that was something that interested me whenever I got into college, that I was in the wrong field, uh, you know, completely. And then at the time, back then, having a little kid at home, my sister-in-law at the time, Trisha, some people know about her who listen to the podcast.
1: We've had her on before.
2: Yes. She, she was a kind of in the same boat. So she was, I don't remember, she, I don't think she was doing a job. She was a stay at home mom because she had a bunch of little kids at home. And she was just using like the beginning of a digital camera because Trisha's always on the cutting edge of technology. She's like the first to do everything, I feel like. And she was using a digital camera. It was cheap and crappy. But people were trying to pay her to take pictures of their family. So I kind of approached her because that was happening to me too. But you know how much easier it can be to promote someone else than it is yourself. So I latched on to her and we kind of, we went and saw CPA and at 20 years old, I was starting a business and I, I finished school, but I was like, I'm not using it. I mean, I didn't even, yeah. I, I, I didn't even go to, to my first day at South Bowen hospital for a job. So,
1: Yeah. And I want to, I want re- to emphasize here, you were talking about being 20 years old and starting a business and how you and Tricia just sort of, uh, kind of got into this thing and started making money at it. Now, that's not so uncommon nowadays there are plenty of there are plenty of 20 year old girls starting a photography business now
2: okay so let's back it up about the money though people are like just venmo me just give me money that wasn't a thing either that
1: wasn't a thing no
2: yeah so we were hyper aware that accepting money from someone meant reporting it on taxes like this was common knowledge we're like what do we do with this money like we went to an, a, you know, a CPA immediately before we did yeah. anything else. Yeah. And we're like, how do we do this? That's not what people do now. You're right.
1: No, it's not. It's not. But, uh, but yeah, just being 20 years old and starting a business uh, 20 years ago, that just wasn't as common as it is now. Every uh, person
2: in the field was 40 plus years old.
1: White exactly. Male.
2: I'm not lying. And I, and exactly. I, you know, I mean, it has changed. It is nothing like that now
1: exactly so uh i'll kind of tell my story and then we'll talk about how they kind of intertwine together uh for me it was kind of i guess my start in photography kind of started as a kid sort of like what you were talking about because my grandmother had one of those polaroids that have become cool again the ones that the instant cameras that just spit out the picture as soon as you take it and then you wait a few seconds and the picture just sort of Magically develops on its own, and when I was a kid, my grandmother had one of those, and I used to take that thing and uh they had a farm, they had cows. I would go out and take pictures of the cows and uh, the dogs and the cats and all that kind of stuff. But like you, I didn't really think that it was something that I was gonna make a living out of. I didn't right. think it was ever going to become a career and it didn't until I was, uh, let's see, I guess in my thirties, maybe mid thirties, something like that. Um, so, uh, fast forward to, uh, after I graduated from high school, started a career in radio broadcasting, did that for a long time, ended up in Gulf Shores, Alabama, and was, uh, doing radio down there. And, uh, just for me, it was more about I wanted to start my own business. Yep. And uh, I was surrounded by people who owned businesses. I had made friends with some people in Gulf Shores when I first moved down there who were business owners. And back then, uh, 20 years ago in Gulf Shores, it didn't have nearly the population that it has now. And most of the people who actually lived in Gulf Shores when I first moved down there we're small business owners. And for me, it was more about, I want to be one of these guys that has a small business sort of became friends with, well, after I started doing photography kind of as a hobby, I sort of got to know, um, some people in some high places and, uh, they started asking me to do photography for, uh, Chamber of Commerce events and that kind of stuff. And uh, I remember somebody at the Chamber of Commerce in Gulf Shores telling me there's a whole lot of money in this thing of doing family beach pictures. I remember saying to him, well, there's a lot of people already doing that. And this person said, yeah, there are, but they're booked up all the time because they said we get phone calls at the Chamber of Commerce every day from people who say that they've uh, of course this was when the phone book was still a thing (laughs) they said they said we get calls here at the chamber of commerce every day from people who say that they called every photographer in the yellow pages and Mm -hmm. they're all booked up for the whole summer so i thought well maybe there is a chance Mm -hmm. that i could make some money at this like you were saying earlier when we got into it most photographers were older people at yeah. the time. Even though we still had the yellow pages back in those days, there was such a thing as Google at that time. but And
2: really early, right? This was, year throughout a year. I
1: don't remember now what what I'm talking about, when I started was around 2004. Okay. And that so, helps me
2: understand like how useful the internet was back then. I not yeah, the internet. Yeah, it was. But It'd that's the, so
1: that's funny. the thing. That's the thing um A lot of the photographers at that time, a lot of them didn't even have a website at that time, and they were getting all of their business through the phone book, and that was how they were displaying their work. They would take out a full-page ad in the yellow pages and would have some sample pictures inside of their ad. Do you guys know what
2: a phone book is, first of all? Our younger
1: listeners probably don't.
2: A phone book. We're not making fun of you. It's actually I'm making fun of a phone book, not not people who don't right, know. What it right, right, exactly. It is thing, exactly. But it was exactly. a directory. Okay, so you got to think that's how. Before- it was like it yeah. was
1: like Google on paper.
2: Yeah, a big, <laughs> huge ass book. Sorry. Yeah, like, yeah. No imagine,
1: imagine Google being a big book.
2: Yeah, heavy. That's what it was. It gets dropped off on your doorstep or your grandma's house. You might. This is where you might have seen it last. Yeah. And it's full they of had, ads. Yes. They had
1: the white pages, which was people's home telephone you numbers. Look, and then do they, do they do had do the yellow pages, things. which was all of the businesses and uh, the businesses were all uh, classified in categories. And all those categories were in alphabetical mm-hmm. yes. order.
2: And so you, so you look, look, went to you P to find
1: numbers. photographers.
2: Exactly. If you and. needed to call a Smith, you went to S. I just feel like I need to explain it because it sounds like the dumbest, most foreign concept
1: ever. Oh yeah, it does now. Huh. It does now. But but the thing is, so back when I started in 2004, most of the competitors in the Gulf Shores area, most of them were still, their only marketing was the yellow pages yep. in the phone book. So I think that was really what jump-started Shore Shooters was because I was really the first one to embrace online advertising because before I really jumped into this, I did a whole lot of research on all of the other photographers in the area. I learned a lot of things from doing that research uh, and figured out what I did not want to be. And one thing I figured out, the first thing I figured out uh, by finding the ones that actually did have websites or that I could find details on how their pricing worked because I realized that photographer pricing back in those days was way too complicated. And yes. nobody could figure out, I don't know how some of these guys came up with this pricing model. But I forgot it about was, that. It was one of those things that, I think everybody did it just because everybody else was doing it. It was just so hard to figure out how much you were going to pay for a photography session. So that was the first thing I came up with is I'm going to simplify the pricing. Yep. Another thing I figured out was um, that one thing that I didn't like about looking at photographer pricing and that kind of stuff was that, a lot of times a photographer would spend a lot of time with you, but they're only going to give you a few options to choose from as far as finished pictures. And it was uh, to
2: you back then. Right,
1: exactly. But the thing is, a lot of them would do a session and then say, okay, here's 10 pictures for you to choose from to order your prints from.
2: How much and, do you charge? Just just because now I'm getting entertained by all of this. Yeah. I'm pretending like I'm the listener. Well, I am. Um, how much do you remember charging for a session?
1: Uh, I remember. Oh, no. I think. I think when I first started, the session fee was fifty dollars, and okay. then they uh, ordered whatever they wanted as far as the prints. And My
2: um, first wedding, I charged three hundred dollars.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, That's I've done three hundred dollar weddings before just too. Want
2: everybody to know so, that.
1: Uh, but uh, but yeah. So anyway. <laughs> That was what I did. I said, I'm going to simplify the pricing. I'm going to take my marketing online instead of the phone book because I realized that the people that I was targeting were people who were coming to the beach on vacation.
2: So they didn't have a phone book.
1: They don't have a Gulf Shores phone book in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. So I wanted to get out ahead of the competition and I'm going to have a website and That way they can find me before they ever come to the beach. And that was really what sort of started Shore Shooters.
2: Okay, so before before we take a break and before we talk about me coming along, I just want to point out that I love that what got you into photography was business and what got me into photography was light.
1: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And that's what makes us such a good team is because I've always been more interested in the business side of it than the photography side of it and that's why I kind of asked you to come along with me on this journey because you started out as a contractor for me and I just kind of realized okay she's super creative I'm super business so we're a pretty good team here so So we'll
0: talk about that yeah we'll
1: get more into that coming up
0: don't forget to subscribe so you'll get a notification every time a new episode is released here at shore shooters we're always looking for new photographers to add to our team for our upcoming spring and summer seasons we're expanding and looking for photographers specifically in the saint augustine outer banks sarasota and Destin or 30a areas if you're a photographer or if you know a photographer who is looking to add work to their calendar we'd love for you to apply to work with us just visit mitesoundwild.co and fill out our photographer application. This is the Might Sound Wild podcast, hosted by April Creighton and Ron Wayne Scott.
2: Okay, so before the break, we talked about our personal stories, and now we've kind of ended up where Ron and I would meet, and the year is 2010.
1: Yes, and let's let me throw out another one of those flashback words: Craigslist. <laughs> Does anybody use Craigslist anymore? Oh
2: think so i actually never used it myself so that's no, how didn't. i know i know that this was destiny <laughs> because oh yeah yeah because somebody told me about the craigslist ad that yeah. ron had taken out for a photographer so, so let so, me let me yeah. give a
1: little bit of the backstory before yes. we get into where you came into the picture um so it was uh 2009 i got really busy and i was sick of turning down work So I put an ad on Craigslist and uh, uh, to to basically for an overflow photographer. And at the time that I put the ad on there, I wasn't really, I wasn't really even looking for an overflow photographer. I was more looking for an assistant because I more just wanted somebody to go to the shoots with me and stand behind me and get the kids to smile because that was always a struggle for me. And so what happened was I put this ad on Craigslist for an assistant. Had a uh, young lady apply, send me an email through the Craigslist ad. Turned out she was a she was a pretty good photographer, and she had uh, just recently moved to the Gulf Shores area. Uh, she had all the equipment. She had a pretty good looking portfolio, and then. Right after I talked to this girl, that weekend, I was scheduled to shoot a very small wedding. One of these, you know, little $300 weddings that we were just talking about. Um, Real quick, on a beach, just a few people there and just there for about an hour and then done. Well, so I, I already had this scheduled. That week, somebody else called me who was having a wedding at the same time on the same beach another one of these really quick weddings and so i called this girl who had i had already talked to about being the photographer assistant and i said hey i know you're supposed to go help me with this wedding this weekend but now there's another one on the same beach at the same time how would you feel about i'll shoot one you shoot the other one she uh-huh. said okay fine with me and so it worked out really good and I said hey why don't we just keep doing this because that means i can get more money because you know i'll i'll split the split the money 50 50 with you and so that was what we started doing and that way we were getting two uh beach portrait shoots or two weddings in every night and um i was making of course all of the money for the one i was shooting And then half of the money on the one she was shooting, because I was booking it. I was taking care of the print orders and all that. And she was actually going out and shooting it. So that was kind of how it started. And then after that year, I said, well, it's not all about me anymore because it was Ron Wayne Scott photography. And I thought, well, it's not about me anymore. So might as well change the name of it. So it was on January 1st, 2010 that it ended up becoming shore shooter speech photography.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, so the plan was to go through another year of doing that exact same thing, but then plans kind of changed in uh, around March or, eight, I think it was April of 2010 when there was that big oil spill yep. in the Gulf of Mexico. And that just sort of ruined the entire summer. And the girl who was shooting for me her husband was in an industry that was also being affected by the financial impact of this oil spill. He started looking for another job, ended up finding a job in Nashville. So they packed up and moved to Nashville. And of course, at the time, I was thinking, well, there's no money, there's there's no work. So why should I even look for another photographer? And then I thought, you know, I'm going to be optimistic about this. I'm going to go ahead and put that ad on Craigslist anyway. And so I did. And then that was how I ended up finding you, which you need to tell the whole story of, uh, you, you were talking about it being meant to be because like you said, you never go on, you never went on Craigslist. You had never been on it before.
2: I think in that year I was still not even going on the internet. Like maybe I was just super slow to the internet. I think I was, um, yeah, my little friend Eric. He was like, I would just moved to the beach, and um, from Magnolia Springs, where I'm from, and I moved down to West Beach, I believe. Yeah, so I, I think you, you another.
1: and your mom, you and your mom were splitting a condo or something. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah.
2: yeah, And I wasn't. Um, I didn't take beach photos very often. I didn't yeah. even think about it because I'm from here. Like that's not something that you do. And you know, I never thought about tourism or any of that. Yeah. Um, I, I think I was still hoping to fill in the gaps in my income with, um, weddings and things like that, or, you know, local people is what I was marketing to. And I think I must've been doing some other kind of form of a side job, maybe still in that real estate, um, mark, you know, that I was doing for a while with property management, because there's no way I was making a full-time income. Well, you were doing,
1: you were doing some kind of a retail job at the mall when you first started shooting for me.
2: Okay. So I had left, okay. You're helping jog my memory. So I had left the real estate stuff and was, yeah, yeah. filling gaps. with I think I was hoping that photography would like be my main source of income, yeah. but I was, it, I was still kind of struggling with that. Yeah. So anyway, I moved down to the beach. My friend, Eric, was like, hey, have you ever – look at this list, this Craigslist ad. I didn't even know what that was. And he said, um, a guy needs a photographer. I'm like, I don't understand. Like, what does he need yeah. a photographer for? And he's like, for extra – for overflow. For He has more work than he needs or something like that. And I'm thinking yeah. – this is fake. This is a Craigslist killer. <laughs> like or whatever that you hear about. But he's like, you need to try it. Like this, you know, basically Eric was implying that I could leave whatever that job was I was doing.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, so I remember meeting with you to feel it out, uh, coffee, something yeah. like that at the wharf. Um
1: I think I, had, I think the first coffee shop we went to was closed, and we had to go to another one.
2: Yes, yes. <laughs> there was hardly any coffee shops back then. Um, yeah. There or there were, but they didn't last long. They were there for about a month, and then they were out yeah. of business. So I had a paper calendar back then. I vaguely remember all the stuff you were saying. Like I think you were asking me some questions about my my journey, my career. You had looked at my little whatever version of a website I had. Yeah. So you Liked it, um, which thanks, Ron, because it was total crap. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think it was it was
1: actually better than my work at the time too. <laughs> so yeah,
2: it was just that that early two thousands ish like vibe. sure super ugly.
1: But we anyway, crazy stuff to pictures back in those days.
2: We sure did. But I but I I had that paper calendar because that's what you did, and I just that 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 calendar for me was the real real sinker like hook line and sinker to be involved with you because I, I remember leaving that meeting. And feeling like I didn't quite even understand what you needed of me. You needed me to go take some photos and send them to you. I thought I might get some work here and there. And you started, I think, did we call each other or text back then? But you would say, are you available this day, this day, this day?
1: I I don't remember if we were calling or texting or what we were doing. I just remember uh,
2: writing in that calendar Every yeah. single day that I had well have keep- and, and yeah. here's
1: the here's the thing. You said you weren't sure how much work I was gonna give you. I wasn't sure how much work I was gonna give you either. Yeah. I was just getting I, I just wanted to have another photographer just in case. Because, yep. like I said, the summer had been crap because <laughs> Of the oil spill, there was nobody came
2: and did his thing. Jimmy
1: Buffett did a big free concert on the beach in Gulf Shores, and the next day after that Jimmy Buffett concert, it was just all of a sudden Gulf Shores just suddenly got back to normal. Yep, and it just so happened that I had talked to you. I don't know. It was probably about a week or so before that Jimmy Buffett concert. I know it was real close to it. And like I said, I was thinking, I'm not going to be able to have any work for her this year, but I want to go ahead and talk to somebody just in case. And what had happened was there was you and uh, Josh Thurber, who mm-hmm. lives in Pensacola, who still is a contractor for us to this day. Yeah. I talked to both of you and I remember thinking, this is just crazy to have two of these people on standby when I can't even fill up my own schedule, but I'm going to do it anyway, because maybe if I do it, then maybe that'll bring me good luck. And mm-hmm. so I talked to both you and Josh about doing overflow work for me. And sure enough, this Jimmy Buffett concert happened. And all of a sudden I'm calling both of you saying, Hey, I got to shoot for you. Yeah. So so yeah, that was kind of how it happened. And you were talking about your paper calendar. I think we uh, did a pretty good job of filling it up for the rest of the did. Summer. I wish I
2: would have framed that because that was just a pivotal moment for me. I had never been so busy as a photographer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there was, there's, I mean, we could almost do a part two on this story because that was a long time ago. It didn't just go rainbows and butterflies. It didn't go, oh, Ron started contracting me. And then all of a sudden we just. Started contracting. Now we have a hundred photographers, and we're on all these coasts. That is not how it happened. Yeah,
1: it's taken thirteen been, years for it to grow to this. And point.
2: Then there's been growing pains, and there's been like, are we doing the right thing? How do we do oh, yeah. it? And then there's a whole thing of the way the industry has changed, and how we the day that we decided to go to digital only. I mean, we have really gone through a lot, and somewhere well, we along have, the lines, um, somewhere along the lines, uh, we got a little excited and started a business in a different region mountain escape photography which yeah. ended up making um me a partner with shoreshooters. shooters and yes so, and i kind of do feel like this i cannot believe this episode has went 32 minutes ron do you feel like we should do a part
1: two I think maybe we should. Maybe it should be a lot to share
2: about what we learned. So maybe we should call this part one, guys. And then we can get a little bit more into our personal stories that kind of trickle that through. But I feel like there's just so much more to talk about.
1: Yeah, the next episode, will pick back up of after you came along, and then how we progressed from you being an independent contractor to becoming an employee. And then later on becoming a partner and then starting Mountain Escape and growing into other locations and we'll just talk about how all of that happened on this episode. And
2: I'd love to talk about what we plan to do in this new year. So we're excited to make some changes for our companies just kind of go a different direction with yeah. just so everything and, and, and social media and giving, all of
1: that. Yeah, and giving other people an opportunity to own a location. We'll talk more about why we made that decision. So, We'll uh, dive into more of that on the next episode of the Might Sound Wild podcast.